Welcome back, Hawklings. Today, we have a very special episode for you. It is kind of a little different than the normal podcasts that you would expect. Uh, usually, you know, we have artists and DJs, but today, we actually have one of the men behind the scenes. You know, the one that puts it all together, brings us these, honestly, just dope shows, and brings us these new dope artists into the scene. Um, you may know some of his artists that he manages but we will find more about them later his name is joey myers and he is here with us today what up and as always my name's tony and i'm sean welcome to electric talk well joey how's your day been so far man can't complain or at least I try to make a habit of not complaining. So everything's going well with me. How about you guys? Uh, I I just been sleeping all day doing that overnight job, and now I'm here with the lovely Tony, talking music. I went to Carmax today to sell my car, Ooh. and they wouldn't let me sell my car. So hate that. I have to get you. power of attorney to sell my car. Can't help you there. It's okay. You're not an attorney? Wait. Yeah, cut the episode. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I thought we were not talking yet. to Joey Myers, attorney at law, not Joey Myers uh, management. Yeah, as I was say, you guys saw my infomercial, right? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> the hammer. Yeah, nice Coles suit. Teal blue tie. <laughs> All right, Joey. Well, here at Electric Hawk, you know, we tr we feel like you are just, you know, part of the family, honestly, at this point. But how did exactly you get involved with Electric Hawk? Like, how did you befriend Daryl? Like, how did that all happen? I spend, like most of Electric Hawk, too much time on Twitter. And so being involved with the music scene and paying attention to the chatter that comes from the music scene. Uh, a lot of that came from the nucleus of electric Hawk. So I don't remember exactly how I think I hit up Daryl, like in the worst way possible through Facebook messenger, just saying like, what's up? I love what you're Boomer doing. Word. I want to connect. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not proud. There's some skeletons for sure, but I just reached out to, Daryl at some point to get in contact because uh, I kind of saw what was going on with Electric Hawk and just like the kind of new wave of blog where you guys had like basically a militia of social media savvy users, people that are tastemakers, people that are positive beacons in the scene. Um, and I honestly just like, yeah, wanted, wanted to be a part of it. So I'm glad that you're considering me like long lost cousin because that's uh, that's how I see myself. I love Electric Hawk. Yeah, As I do mean, we. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Hopefully. origin story of Electric Hawk still remains unknown. And, you know, we talk to new people every day. Like, you know, someone go, comes down the line, says hello, and, you know, we make new connections. Speaking of connections, though, uh, your new management group, Own Drum, how did you form that? legal zoom 
Uh, no, actually, I used a different service. I can't remember which one. Uh, Own Drum was a long time coming. I've been managing independently since the end of summer 2018. And at first, I kind of only ever had one client at a time, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But as I started to expand my roster and I had individualized email for every artist, I quickly realized how unsustainable that was uh, because people would ask to like send me something and they'd be like, which email do I use? And then also for the sake of just like kind of giving everybody I work with a little bit more of an identity to be a part of um, and kind of something to document what's going on uh, so I don't burden all of my friends from my upbringing about all the different shit that's going on. So it was kind of a, a combination of that, but definitely I think it helps to kind of be growing and building in public. And so by launching my own copy, I was able to kind of legitimize the uh, run of the mill shop that I've been running for a while now and kind of put a little bit of personality on it. Now, do you still run it by yourself? Do you have a team uh, behind you helping you out with uh, managing you? Like you have four artists? Yes, I have four artists and no. Right now it's a one-man band. I definitely am in the process of trying to figure out um, how to expand as things are starting to pick up more. But yeah, to this point in time, it's just been me, myself, and I uh, driving myself crazy, pulling my hair out uh, with a smile on my face the entire time. <laughs> well, at least you still got hair now. Eh, well, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Give it five years. 2020 was rough on everybody. It was rough on my scalp same yeah i agree mostly just because i had a headset on for the most of it so i may get like a little dip <laughs> like a little, that little like dent you know would that be a horizontal mohawk it'd be kind of oh, sick no. you could start a new a wave there mohawk. like a reverse horizontal mohawk <laughs> yeah yeah no that that could be the next wave <laughs> all right well um, we want to he definitely hear more about how uh things are starting to pick up more for the artists that you manage and help out um but i kind of want to start at the root of everything like what what brought joey myers to go to his first rave or festival or whatever like how what happened like did you go by yourself Do you have like friends that are like yo come to this or were you already like very well aware sure um I would say to like take it all the way back to square one, I've always been obsessed with finding music before other people. I think sharing music and artists with my friends and people I care about has always been a love language for me. So before it was electronic music, it was more so rap music. I was scouring blogs. Datpiff was my best friend back in Shout the pirating era. Yeah. Dapiff is the best. All the me the metal Mac system. Miller and Wiz Khalifa mixtapes yep. like popping oh, up yeah. in Little Wayne, popping up randomly on like a Thursday. Yeah, and I had I had pretty. Well, I still do have pretty uh, protective parents. God love them. And so I would like I knew how to torrent clean music, which like I don't think people. Well, nobody really needs to think about it at this point in time because we have Spotify. But like, I don't think anyone understands how hard it was to find clean, illegal downloads of music. It would basically have to be like a DJ rip. But that is like where I definitely earned my stripes of like scouring the Internet and learning how to use Google to my advantage and finding downloads for everything. And that kind of over time snowballed. Um, I loved Hype Machine, Good Music All Day, This Song Is Sick, and... 
once I went to college um, in, in 2014, I went to Florida State. Everyone in Florida is crazy. So that kind of True. accelerated. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I feel good about saying that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with that. Everyone in Florida is crazy. And I was crazy for the five years I was there. But that's definitely where a lot of the affinity towards electronic music came from. I think my first festival was Moonrise, which ironically is in Maryland, where I'm from and based now. Um, and I convinced a lot of my Florida State buddies to come up with me. And we went to Moonrise. My first camping festival was Okeechobee. I love Okeechobee. Um, but that's, yeah, that, that's the background there. What years are we talking here? 2017 and 2018. Gotcha. Okay. 2017 Okeechobee was good. I yes. might have seen you at Moonrise in 2017 also. Oh, yeah, yeah. By that one vendor. Yeah, yeah. That. By, by that one guy next to, you know, the big tent, you know. Yeah, that, that, that was that a pretty place. spacious porta potty. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. Super cool. Hell of a sword fight. A hell of a sword fight. Like Princess Bride. <laughs> Princess Bride. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Um,. So now let's go into uh, the artists that you do manage, um, starting with something, something. Uh, How do you start working with something, something? Something, something. So when I was packing for Okeechobee 2017, I was listening to a Cali Awakening mix number two. And around the nine minute mark, I believe... Hopefully no one listening fact checks. I know I'm within like three minutes of it. He played an edit of Jaguar Trap with Something Something's Bloom. And I immediately stopped what I was doing. I figured out exactly who the hell made those noises. I went on a deep dive through all of his music. Immediately was like, this is my favorite thing I've ever heard in my life. And at the time, I was the social chair of my fraternity. So I was in the midst of planning a spring party. And I hit him up pretty much immediately. Like, you want to come play a show um, at my fraternity house? And it ended up being his first show as something, something like out of state. And so he came to play at the show and we just hit it off from there. And I think like that's kind of what planted the seed for me to like find a bigger role within music than at the time, I was just like I was helping. I was kind of helping curate shows for a promoter in the area, but nothing like too hands on. I was just kind of just like tossing the names all the time of kind of acts that I thought would be big in a couple of years, low value, high reward. Florida State, it's not that hard to sell a show as long as there's alcohol, people are going to show up. So, um, but yeah, that kind of I guess planted the seed, and I just stayed in his ear. And looking back on it, I was honestly probably pretty obnoxious and out of pocket in the way that I would just send unsolicited feedback on his project and just ideas and just kind of like, I was just like pestering him nonstop with stuff I thought he could do, should do and whatnot. And yeah, eventually it just like kind of worked out where he was looking for a change and, and, and move some things around with his team. And I had kind of positioned myself at the end of 2018 i signed this awesome kid named shisto um who was local to maryland where i was at the time and kind of was like my training wheels and we did a little bit and i was kind of telling conrad the whole time like hey i'm, I'm trying to learn how to do this 
Um, and he just kind of threw me into the water. He called me on Christmas Day in 2018 and was like, yo, you want to do this? You ready to go? And I was like, yeah, 100%. Like, what's the assignment? Um, and it just kind of started from there. It was very much like those videos you see of like a priest, like overly aggressively smashing a baby underwater um, and absolutely submerging it, borderline drowning it um, and then pulling it up. That was kind of what it was like, but that's really where things kicked off, where I'd say the start of 2019 is kind of where my legitimate management experience began. I mean, I like how you put it as drowning the baby with the uh, priest. Um, but now, like, as I'm seeing, like, something, something's playing back-to-backs with Roman Silver and Player Dave at Brownies and Lemonade shows. And so is another artist playing Brownies Lemonade, Kumarion. I mean, what about Kumarion? Kumarion. So I was talking with Nathaniel Costco. Shout out to him. He's one of my best friends in the music scene, one of the hardest workers I've ever met. Um, and he runs Jadu Dala. And I had worked with him pretty early on managing something, something, because something, something had already signed a track to Jadu Dala in the brief period that he was unmanaged. Uh, and so I had a relationship with him and that's like probably my favorite label in terms of just like the sound they champion. They don't compromise at all with what they release. It's always high quality music. It's always, you know, pushing the envelope and forward thinking. So I don't really know why, cause I've never really had done this before, but I was just talking to him and I was like, what song it was like the end of the year in 2019. I was like, what song are you most excited to drop in 2020? And he sent me want it. And he's like, this is a hit. And I listened to it. And I'm not going to lie, and I have nothing to hide here because I've been very open with uh, Kumarion about this, but it took a little bit for me to like really like the track. I was like, this is cool. And then two days later, I think I texted him, like, give it to me like I want it. And I was like, all right. Like later, I was like, put me in touch with this kid. This song's crazy. And yeah, we just started talking, I'd say in February of 2020. He had only released one track at that point. His project launched like December 20th, I want to say in 2019. So it was very, very fresh still. And I don't know, there was just something about like his demeanor when we first spoke, where he was just like, he knew exactly what he wanted to do. And he had kind of been, you know, he had been producing for six or seven years at that time and, and just hadn't really released any solo original music yet. Um, but it showed that he had been producing that long because the the caliber of the music was was phenomenal. And for whatever reason, I was very hard on myself when I first started managing something, something, and I, I didn't want to grow my roster until I felt like there was a clear value add to his project. And I wanted to feel like I elevated it to a certain extent before I went out and spoke to other kids and say, hey, put your career in my hands. I'm Joe. Um, but there was something about Kumarion that just kind of spoke to me and I just went for it. And we pretty much immediately started working together. It was like a kind of like a working relationship at first. And then within like a week or two, it was like, yo, let's just like make this happen. Like you and I gel well, um, fantastic communicator, extremely hard worker. And yeah, so we've been working together for, I guess, 16, 17 months now. And that's just been a super exciting project to work. Obviously something, something had already, you know, toured internationally by the time I was managing him. So it was kind of a different undertaking, uh, taking on his project versus Kumarion, which was very much like a ground up build. Um, and I found that I really like the ground up build stuff. I think it's really fun to kind of have your hands in the cookie jar early on and to be able to help kind of develop and map out the project. And it's just been super rewarding and cool to see 
uh, us check goals off the list and kind of see him get the shine that he's deserved. And um, definitely, you know, all credit to him. He's an extremely hard worker and extremely accountable artist and really, you know, clocks in every single day. I don't, I, I think we've talked every single day since we first met, like it's, it's nonstop. He's 24 seven thinking about the Kumarion project and it's definitely starting to show and, and what's going on around him. So couldn't be more proud of him and everything he's been able to accomplish in the last year. I mean, yeah, I mean, you all your artists have been like accomplishing big feats this year. Um, I mean, Kamarion's now going on tour with Dirt Monkey too. Yeah, that's going to be a cool run. And that that's funny because that was one of the first artists that he talked about wanting to align with in our first call. I still have it, you know, in my notes of Dirt Monkey was high on the list. That was a cool full circle moment for us and love working with that team. Um, so, yeah, that's that's going to be a fun run. Dirt Monkey's doing a lot for drum and bass and is, is a loud kind of uh, voice within the scene and kind of has a cool hybrid odds audience with with the dubstep and the bass stuff where i think it'll be a cool run and we're going to get in front of a lot of uh fans that have an open mind towards drum and bass which is all we ask for because kumarian will he'll seal the deal once they see him live but just need people to come in with an open mind to something they haven't heard before and they'll go home a fan yeah i mean playing drum and bass in front of a, like a fan like a fan base in 2021 now is so much different than doing it online 2020 um, Tone, do you have any anything else you want to ask? Um, I wanted to know if we could hear more about this Kumarion Brownies and Lemonade drum and bass showcase with uh Matt Zoe and Netsky. I think it was last week, right? Yeah, last week. That was yeah. that was something I wanna, else. I want to hear more about that. <laughs> this is yeah. Well, what happened there is Brownies hit us up genuinely like the night before the show. And we're like, we're thinking about throwing a show. It might be tomorrow. And we're like, well, we're, we're Seattle based, which is where Kamarion is. And so <laughs> I, I went to sleep knowing that it was probably going to happen. I woke up in the middle of the night, saw an offer come through, woke up, got on the phone with Omar. He's up at, um, you know, 5 a.m. We're booking flights and he's on his way to L.A. a couple hours later. Nathaniel Costco picked him up from the airport, label manager of the year. And uh, yeah, the show was awesome. I mean, Brownies, they're, they have such a cool factor, which I think is yeah. what everybody's like hoping for. And the, the social equity of, of being at one of their events. And I mean, it doesn't like they don't have to announce a lineup. Everything sells out. Um, it was the same thing for the back to back. Yeah, they throw parties like and the, people know that they're coming the for a good time. Of the Mad Decent block parties. Oh, my God. Feel about it. I remember those. <laughs> I remember those. Yeah, there was. Yeah, the one the one by me had some had some mishaps. I think it contributed to them being uh, canceled. But it's OK. Yeah. We don't need to talk about Diplo more than we have to already. <laughs> um, but so was Kumarion like super about it? Was he like, I like want to do this a lot? Or was he like, even like, this is like very short notice, guys? Oh, no, that's the name of the game. We, he was okay. ready to go. He's like, yeah, yeah we're going to make this happen. And I was like, well, let's, I want to figure out XYZ logistic. He's like, yeah, but like, we're going to make it happen. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but so like, we're going to make it happen. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> let's figure out the details. Yeah. Like no, it was. Too. It was cool. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think, like I said, he's just, 
he eats with his hands that kid so he he was ready to go and yeah i mean it's cool like to to be synonymous with like what they perceive to be like the the rising tide in drum and bass with like kumarion and reaper like it's it's super cool and you know we don't take that lightly so we definitely we're going to do whatever it takes to be involved at the event and it was cool to see the response and it was certainly you know a motivating experience for him having really ascended during a time where everyone was more disconnected than ever so that was only his third show he's ever played and i think like it it can be a little bit like hard it was hard definitely the last you know year and a half for him to like really see the movement that he was kind of creating and so it's it's it it's awesome to have the opportunities to kind of see fans talk to fans take pictures um and kind of hear you know the impact you're having i think that can be really affirming and inspiring for artists to kind of keep creating and doing what they love. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think it's super awesome. We're seeing a bunch of artists that kind of got like, they either like gained a lot of popularity or like started with none and like shot like above the moon. And they're like actually getting bookings now. It's like promoters and stuff are like actually kind of listening and like not just booking like the same tours, like the same national tours, like like they have been for the you know it feels like five years or whatever but now we're seeing like like all of your artists like getting big like spots on tours or big shows and stuff like it it just feels super cool like we're seeing uh like like people like mize like getting all these big shows and like big festival slots and all this stuff it just feels like really good you know because like everyone was worried about that i feel like last year like are we just kind of like doing this and then the same thing like we're just gonna go back to normal or like are we gonna get these like super badass new artists to like come play these super badass shows in our cities yeah i definitely uh, it's great to see people that have you know kept their head down in the last year kind of to see that work pay off and also it's like totally okay for people that needed to take last year off and just like work on themselves like i think Everybody responded to what was going on differently, but it definitely is cool to see some of the artists who really seem to like hustle and bustle through last year start to, yeah, get on some of these lineups and go see some of these fans that they've been cultivating. Because at the end of the day, if you have community around your project, like promoters notice that they're not, they're not blind. They're not deaf. Like if you have, a, I mean, Mize is a great example. Like he has a huge following. Like he has a huge following. Like he's, he's going to do great because people relate with him and, and they attach themselves to the project and it's like cool to like Mize and like that's that's what you're going for it's like social equity i think i used that before and i'll probably use it again like the more people can associate themselves with cool things going to a brownies and lemonade show taking you know a snapchat of some bougie sunday at some sunday bar where the food is like instagrammable like that's what people are all about these days because everybody's just documenting themselves and when you can make yourself an extension of people's personality, like Res and the cult of Res and those kind of movements, like those are the projects that stand the test of time. And yeah, Mize is crushing it. Um, I'm going to segue from unique personalities. I want to talk about uh, Guppy and how uh, you said you met him recently. How was it like uh, seeing him for the first time? Guppy, Guppy, Guppy. <laughs> Guppy is Dubstep's heartthrob. Um, he is not as crazy as one might think from all the shit that he spews on Twitter. Um, yeah, he's he's an enigma. 
um it was it was super cool and uh exciting to be able to actually spend some time with him we've been grinding it out for a while just on the phone and through text and emails and um it was awesome he's definitely i mean put him in the box of people that you know just really he started coming up last year when everything was closed down um which is when i kind of caught wind of things for him and it's been awesome to see things kind of open up for him and yeah i mean he's just again somebody that's so committed to their project and to the community that's around their project and uh really just has like a lot of heart and passion and yeah i I love working with guppy he's makes me laugh my ass off and uh definitely keeps me busy because he's always doing shit and he's getting a lot of shows and things are definitely moving for him he's he's doing all the right things i mean when i think of guppy i remind myself of the wrestlers from the 90s who had all these gimmicks if you've ever heard of the undertaker he has his own like dead man gimmick guppy definitely has his own gimmick where you know he's just himself and i guess you know that that sets you out to be someone different from you know other artists nowadays well who you are on social media so I mean, it does it does change a lot of people's perspectives on, you know, who this person is. And I think Guppy really took the ball and, you know, rolled with it through 2020 into this year. Yeah, I mean, he has such a good grasp on social media. And I think kind of similar to the social equity note I was touching on, like what's been really cool about his project and his movement is like, he just has a lot of running inside jokes that from a bird's eye view, it's like, what the hell is ground juice? Why are you talking about people being trapped in your basement? Why are you saying come over for dinner? But like the people who have been paying attention, the people that like are on the internet all day, like those people eat that shit up. And he has such a nice like core fan base that just like fuels on the shit posting. Um, and he just does a good job of kind of storytelling online and constantly uh, communicative with what's going on, the highs, the lows, and uh, just a lot of laughs in between. And and people people like that. Like I think it's it's tough in this day to just like release music and not offer anything else to your fans because there's such an influx of new artists and music. And so the artists that are able to kind of entertain and keep their audience engaged in between the releases seem to be the ones that are seeing a lot of success right now. And I think that trend is going to continue going forward. Yeah, that's I, a good I, way to put it. I haven't thought about it like that. Like, how do we keep them engaged in between the releases? Like, I, like I think about stuff like that, but I don't. It's like making me realize, like, all these like, like all these like videos and stuff that I see, and like the merch drops. They're like part of like a plan. They're not just like random. Yeah, I mean, everyone's competing for headspace. And the more top of mind you can be, the more you're going to come up in conversation, the more people are going to go out of their way when there's 12 people in a festival group and you're unsure who to see at three o'clock and two people are in the group. Well, that guppy dude makes me laugh my ass off on Twitter every day. Out his head, or Mize too is another example too, where it's like, who do you see the most? Who's like going to be top of mind? And that's becoming more and more of a thing as people are more and more dependent on their devices and locked in all day to their social media. All 
All right. So I think we covered basically everything that Joey Myers does business-wise. So we're going to start getting into more like Joey Myers' love life and, you know, like personal finances and like social security numbers and stuff like that. But before don't that... Don't credit card too. Don't, don't start I the mean, audience. Well, we don't need your credit card because we get your social security card or, or number and then we just open a new credit card. I like that. Yeah, yeah. No, start a new life you can for me cancel yours. Else. You can cancel <laughs> yours, but you can't cancel mine. That's yours. Deal. Deal. I, I do have to, to backwheel on the CDJ real quick. I'd be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to my latest project, ABO, A-B-O. It is straight party music. It's throw your camel back up in the air in the middle of a crowd with no regard of where it lands. This kid makes some of the funkiest music I've ever seen in my life. I've actually been working with him since the end of 2018 on this new ABO project. So he has just so much music and just like an unbelievable acapella game. And we just launched that project at the end of May. And it's been pretty much SoundCloud exclusive, but we've been tossing out tracks. And it's just been so much fun working with him. He's one of the most talented people I've ever met. He does all of his own artwork and visuals and everything in between. He does, he does a lot of the vocals on his own tracks. Um, and he is uh, a boy wonder for sure. And, and a new kind of, I guess, sound that I haven't dabbled in per se, but I'm super like big fan of, of, of house music and just like stuff that you can have a good time to. And he's uh, definitely somebody that I am super proud to be working with and somebody that I think is going to make a lot of noise here coming up. Yeah. I'm glad we could shout out. Is that, so it's Abo. 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 A dash B O. Yeah, I pulled it up on SoundCloud just now. I go to like three minutes and look book number three. It's the first uh, track from 13 minutes ago. And I just, it's like a house Fergie remix, house London Bridge Fergie remix. Oh, shit. Like, Did he I'm upload like, that already? Let's yeah, ride. I haven't ago. heard that mix yet. This is I like fresh. the artwork. Good stuff. Yeah, so the lookbook uh, yeah, series has been cool fun. Mix. This is some pool party shit. And it even says party music. Yeah, that's what I want it to be synonymous with. Yeah. Is that yeah? It is. He has 420 followers. He can't get any more. Yeah, we actually just cut the project off today, Perfect. so we're <laughs> no longer releasing or posting anything. That was the goal. We reached it. We are good. Mission success. All right. So I do have. This is more of a personal question. What is like an event or a festival or a show? Like, what are you looking forward most to this year? Or if it has to be that Echo Stage show, it can include, like, the beginning of next year. Whew. That, I mean, this this is where I get in trouble now because obviously I have a couple, couple of acts in the mix. I don't know. There are, there are a lot of shows to be excited for, honestly, which is cool because I think for a while I was sitting there like, when are these cool shows going to come through? And I think every manager anybody working in music kind of goes through that internal stress and panic of like when when is our time going to be when are things going to start picking up um and i know i was feeling that a lot last year as one it was surging and clubs were beyond closed um so i'm excited for every single show i mean the ones that i'm probably tend uh i'm probably going to do holy ship with guppy in december uh gonna go to lights all night for something something back to back easy baked at the end of the year 
I will probably make the trip to LA for Kumarion at the Shrine with Zed's Dead in October. And I'm hoping to go to Firefly. I don't have any skin in the game there, but that lineup is god tier. So I'm excited for that. And then, yeah, Echo Stage is right in my backyard. So that will be a blast as well next January. I mean, this is exciting to get back to events in general. 100%. Yeah. That's what I um, thought until I'm standing in Las Vegas and my back is broken and I'm just standing in like three things of gum on my shoe. And I was like, I'm still happy to be back. There's, uh, yeah, there's always its pitfalls for sure. I mean, being in crowds is, you know, sometimes it's great, sometimes it's agonizing, but much better than sitting in a room all day or wearing a headset all day to be outside enjoying music, having bass just like pump down your face, people shouting in your ear over the music. I missed all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, being after being locked down like for a year, it it's definitely different. I mean, has it changed the way you manage your artists uh from 2020 to 2021? Yeah. Um just like from going to virtual, all virtual to now, you know, all your artists getting so many opportunities left and right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't give too much thought about it because I'm just so glad that for the most part, obviously, you know, things aren't fully back to normal yet and people still need to be mindful um, and look out for one another. But yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of takeaways from the last year and seeing the kind of shift to digital, not only just in music, but a ton of other industries and how much innovation was accelerated. And I definitely think there's a lot to, to look out for and pay attention to. And I think, unfortunately, and a lot of artists won't like hearing this, but yeah, social media is certainly only getting more and more important and your ability to storytell online um, is going to be the key to really kind of getting people to rally behind you. And I think specifically to my projects, how much did it change things? Not that much, honestly. Like, I'm based in Maryland, which couldn't be further away from, like, L.A. And three of my artists are on the West Coast, and then one is located in Chicago. So I wasn't, like, seeing them a ton to begin with. Like, a lot of my work is done in isolation and in the quiet hours and I still work a full-time job and have this whole time. So I kind of have to use my time wisely. And usually I'm doing a lot of my music evenings, trying my best to, you know, utilize the four to 8 PM window so I can still, you know, catch the afternoon of West coast time. And that's when I try to schedule my calls or, you know, a conversation like this, but, um, yeah, I don't really know how to put a lid on on that answer. I'm just going to stop talking here and give the uh, talking stick back to you guys. I mean, no, I totally agree. <laughs> I mean, especially like for me, I live in the upper corner of the East Coast in Vermont, so I totally understand. Let's and... ride. That, <laughs> I mean, not to talk shit, but you might have me beat for irrelevance. Um, <laughs> no, I do I, have like I... DC and at least some sports teams up here. Like there is some stuff to grasp on, but... Okay, but yeah. Bernie Sanders and Maple Syrup. Okay, okay. Well, those are two I strong contenders. Teams, and I raise you Maple Syrup and Bernie Sanders. Well, I definitely probably need Maple Syrup. Mm, uh, well, that's that's a whole other conversation we can have on another day. Of 
what's more necessary to life, maple syrup or sports? That's true. Um, I would go with maple syrup first. I think I'll go with sports. Oh, I'll save that for a so TED talk. And it gets like everywhere. Yeah, well, yeah I mean, we'll... <laughs> let, we're pulling at strings here. There's a bunch of caveats with sports too, but this is a rabbit hole that doesn't need to go down further for the viewers' yeah, sake. Let's get back on track, guys. <laughs> All right. So, what is the best advice that you can offer to artists trying to find and connect with people like him and? like make themselves seem more appealing like besides like i guess like the whole like you said like be relatable and like build a community but like i don't know how do you do that like what do you do if like you're not like a out like an outgoing person like how do you make that kind of like i don't know, like how do you disguise yourself like that well yeah i mean that's i mean that's where it's tough like everyone's personality is gonna dictate kind of what direction their brand goes i i just think authenticity is the key you know not everybody has to post to twitter 10 times a day like the guppy and mises of the world like that that's not everybody's speed and that's totally fine um there are going to be people that are really volume heavy um and you know that's the approach that some people are going to take and there's plenty of artists that have a ton of success that don't have an overwhelming social media presence i think it's really just about finding like-minded people around you whether that's other artists uh, connecting with people that are your peers, connecting with people that are smaller than you, whatever that means. Um, I think it's all about just like having friends and not thinking about it as like some rat race or some big competition, because I've seen so many people that I maybe didn't take seriously enough or just kind of like slept on that are now huge, whether it be managers or artists or whatever. And it's like, I think just like being humble and reminding yourself that everybody's in this for the same reason and just trying to like showcase what you have to offer, whatever that may be. Um, everybody's different. Some people shit post all day. Some people are more recluse and just want to work on music and that's fine, but it just has to be authentic to you because I think what can be suffocating for an artist is to try and portray themselves as somebody they're not because when shit hits the fan, you want to have that like actual real dynamic um, going on where there's, kind of i don't know like the smoke and mirror stuff only lasts so long so i don't think there's like one a one size fits all solution for it i just think you need to be authentic you need to share your parts of yourself with other people because that's how you know similarities are drawn and like i think subtronics is a great example where there's just like a lot of layers to his project like he loves smoking weed so that hits an audience he loves the uh oh, i'm gonna blank on it whatever the ball and toy is the Pindama or whatever. somebody yeah, save yeah. me thank you yeah and so like having you know different aspects of your projects like that where it's like that's not even branding that's just like him talking about what he likes and then there's commonalities there and then you have people that have the kendamas or you know and that kind of opens up things too for like down the line like i sure as hell hope that subtronics becomes like an ex dispensary in a glass shop like there's no reason not to like he's built his audience around that and a lot of his audience in that so there's no reason he can't there's no reason blunts and blondes shouldn't have his own swisher sweet rolls within a couple of years that he's selling to his fans like the more that you kind of authentically showcase yourself the more people have to latch on to and they find those commonalities and you're gravitated towards people that you feel like you can relate to so that would be my advice for artists is don't try to be relatable just be yourself and people that relate to you will find you um, it's not something you can necessarily seek out. Like it just happens over time and just 
being true to yourself, that's probably the best advice I have. Yeah, eventually you'll run out of Facebook posts to copy. Yeah, or friend <laughs> requests to send. Yeah. Or event invites. Yeah. Stop sending we'll event invites to people who aren't in the same state. Well, dude, how That's am I supposed to get a free advice. ticket, dude? <sighs> I'm not guess sure. Guessless, bro. Street yeah, guess for life. Is dead. Guess you should buy two dead. tickets. If you care about the music industry, you'll buy... Yeah. Yeah, buy two tickets to the next show you're going to. Uh, yeah, so it says you didn't pay your guest list request fee, so I can't let you in, dog. Sorry. Blocked. <laughs> the bouncer is like, nah. Guest list is over, bro. Haven't you been reading the timeline? Um, uh, Sean, you got this one? Yeah, I mean, let's, we can wind it down um, to our last questions. Maybe do some quick fire. Um, but I usually save this for the last question, but I want to ask this now. So, usually at the end, I ask this question. Um, you know, you're on a desert island. Do you bring three things to a desert island? You know, what do you bring? But this one, change it up. For this desert island, it's going to be what your three favorite music sets you're going to bring to the island that you've ever listened to, whether it be live, uh, through like SoundCloud. Um, what are those three sets that you're going to listen to for the remainder of that stay on... The Desert Island Express. Whew. Okay. That is a hell of a question. Uh, one of the first that comes to mind is uh, Josh Pan's DJing on Acid. I think it was 2017 or 2016 Holy Ship set. It's just like an absolute journey. Um, and that was like really formative years for me when I was kind of finding what kind of music I liked the most. So that was the first set that came to mind. Um, besides that, let's see. I definitely, I like, so when I booked that party for something, something um, in college, I also booked Boombox Cartel. And so like that project has always had a super special place in my heart. Um, so I definitely say probably Dia de los Muertos mix number two. Um, cause I was one of those fans that was on our trap and just like begging for these IDs and to hear all of them. And so that, like, I think the, that mix was like super hype. And then, oh, wow. I'm going to say this cause I honestly want controversy. Uh, Marshmallows 2016 ultra set. That let's, shit was so let's good. Let's fucking go. Yeah. yeah that okay, shit was honestly. so good. We Yo, listen I'm to hoping that. for Marshmallow at Lost Lands. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on, go on. Like, side probably like roasted mellow, like come out with like a nicely browned helmet. Um, but that that said again, like that was I think Marshmallow was I like showed all of my friends Marshmallow and I'm proud of that. Uh, I didn't ever see it becoming as big as it did. But I remember being the one that was like, yo, no, nobody knows who this person is all this stuff um and i remember we listened to that like for pre-games and at the fraternity house on just like saturdays sun's out like we listened to that set so many times i honestly don't like listen to a ton of sets at this point in time i just like listen to my artist's unreleased music a disgusting amount to the point where 
I don't even want to look at it on release day. That's not true. I still uh, binge it afterwards. But nowadays, yeah, I just like go through my artist folders like religiously. Like Abo, for example, we looked on his SoundCloud because, like I said, we've been building that project for like 30 months. And I have spent, um, I've listened to his music like via just SoundCloud. So he's definitely posted it other places, but I've listened to his SoundCloud music like over 2000 times. Um, and it equates to just between three and a half to four days of my life. I've spent listening to his music, which is pretty much all the music that's like forthcoming now. Um, but yeah, I, hopefully I'm never on an Island with only the ability to have three DJ sets accompanying me. I think I'd probably out myself. See what the afterlife has to offer. Oh Jesus! I didn't mean to get dark there, but like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, do I have an like, do I have the AirPods at least, like the phone? Because if I had the phone, I'm probably phoning a friend and trying to get out of there. Because I'm like, yo, I'm fucking sick and tired of this marshmallow. I'm listening to it for two weeks straight. Oh my like, gosh! Yeah, yeah, like, trouble. what if like the rec like it's on a record player? You only get like three records. Oh, well, then I get still. If I'm on an island, I'm gonna get sand. I'm gonna scratch the disc yeah. immediately. No, yeah. What if it That's... starts skipping like right? During uh, I'm so alone. <laughs> that would be absolutely oh, nightmare fuel. Yeah, that's bad. I was gonna say iPod Shuffle, but you know, record player is even worse. Especially uh, getting sand on it or scratching it, or damn, getting OG a shark. iPod Shuffle. Little, yeah, little USB brick. Those oh my god! Sick. Remember the how they had the detachable one where you could wear yes. it as a necklace? Yes. Oh. I remember that. So hard. Like the little one? Yeah, well it had like it had like the safety kind of cap at the bottom and you you know you had one that just kind of was like the rounded edge and then there was another where like had a little drawstring on it so you could put it around your neck. It was like like it's that's fine. Don't expose yourself that you the man back in the day, but I think that's what like the cool iPod users were doing. (laughs) Of course now you do. No, no, I I I've had one, so Especially the one where you plug it in USB. That that was the that was the LimeWire days. Good days. <laughs> the Good great days. days. Well, I guess uh, I shouldn't say that now. Advocating for artists and music, I should I should, you know, shake my hand at the piracy band. era. Yeah. How dare you get buy it, for it free. on Bandcamp? My camp. artist was gonna get four cents for that. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> four cents. <laughs> Please tell me where you're uploading your music. I'd love I'd love to put mine up there too. Four cents is. Woo. Please don't listen. Sorry, we only listen to tracks on Audius here. Yeah, Audius, that's yeah. that's right. Short Audius. I don't even know what that means, but <laughs> all right. So, Joey, we're gonna get you one more question to get you out of here. Um, so we've talked to uh, we talked about Brownies and Lemonade. We talked about drum and bass. What do you think is like the best the best next step uh, to like start the process to accelerate it more of getting drum and bass in more shows and getting drum and bass artists booked and sets and stuff like that is it like more brownies and lemonade style showcase things just like in different cities is it like just keeping it in la what is your take on this Whew. tall task for sure i think it just all comes down to the music connecting with people like you can't you can't force a relationship between a listener and, and a sound and i think like i know i the last two years have been pretty religiously listening to drum and bass probably more than any other genre and fallen in deep with with it but i think everybody kind of comes to it at their speed i think 
cool events like the brownies and lemonade ones certainly help kind of bring that cool factor in um but it it definitely comes down to like you know the kumarians and the reapers of the world like they have to play the right shows get on the right lineups those shows have to move tickets um you know promoters and talent buyers early on are going to have to take chances because a lot of that stuff is based off of market history and proof of concept and our favorite talent buyers, promoters and whatnot, they wouldn't exist if they couldn't sell tickets. So to expect them to just immediately go full tilt D&B when there's hardly any drum and bass artists with true market history in America is a pretty big ask. So it's going to be a slow and steady thing. I think the chatter online is awesome. And uh, the artists that are pushing the genre are certainly in lockstep. You know, I'm constantly talking to anthony tedder who heads up reaper all the time about yeah what can we do to push drum and bass forward it's not like a competitive thing at all like i think it definitely takes teamwork and just like banding together and um you know it definitely helps uh, artists that have you know a bass audience if they are willing to kind of put a drum and bass guy before them at the shows which you know a lot of people don't necessarily want to do and understandably because you know if you're a headliner you're trying to cure the night and you know, some some acts don't want, you know, 170 BPM at, at 10 p.m. at their show because it is going to use up all the energy of the audience, not going to set the right vibe. So it really I mean, there's no there's no easy solution to it. It has to happen slowly, but surely. Um, but there definitely seems to be a lot of good momentum and things moving in the right direction that, you know, hopefully, hopefully the movement continues because it's definitely it's it's fun to be a part of. And I think myself as a manager i've tried to seek out projects that i feel like are kind of doing their own thing and not you know what you're hearing every day and so that's like what inspires me to work hard and and clock in every single day and you know the trying to make drum and bass or not trying to make trying to contribute um because obviously there's been you know a culture here for a while now for over 20 years so many you know fantastic local residencies your respects um in, in LA that have been going on for so long and you know there's always been a drum culture but it's like bringing that to the limelight um it's it's super cool to be a, tar a part of and it's a tall task but um it's what I signed up for and, and what we're pushing for so yeah I mean a pretty long-winded answer but it, it takes a lot of variables kind of coming together at once and a little bit of luck and um you know I think everything's moving in the right direction so if you have a drum and bass show in your city and you're curious about it, buy a ticket, buy 10 tickets. Don't ask for guest list um, or ask for guest list. Who cares? But yeah, it's, it's going to take drum and bass selling in America for it to catch on more. If promoters know that they can make their money back on it and that booking a drum and bass act is going to be good for both sides and not just a one-sided thing. Well, that was a answer that was fun to be a part of. Mm -hmm. John, you got anything else for our very smart and well-spoken friend, Joey Myers? I don't have anything unless, Joey, you have any final thoughts. Sure. I'm full of thoughts. Um, I think, like, to anybody that is listening that's pursuing a career in music, just keep going. Um, I've been at it for about three years now. I still get discouraged every other week. Um, no matter how cool things may look from the exterior, it's extremely hard, but it's extremely rewarding. I think what's most important is just to invest in the people around you because your friends today are going to be the headliners of tomorrow, and that goes for every level of music. Um, 
And I think like what I'm really most excited about this next year is just like translating all these online relationships, real life relationships and seeing people that I've known for a while and their acts start to take off and see success. I think like that is truly the most rewarding thing. And and once you stop looking at music and the scene as like a competition or something cutthroat and look at it as like we're all like-minded people that have a shared interest and love for music and for managers we're trying to nurture and support somebody's career and you know lifelong aspirations like it's it's a privilege to be a part of it and i think it definitely is competitive and exhausting at times but it's important to like remember why you're in this for the first place and just like make friends have fun be a good person reply to emails quickly um and, and reply things like, all yeah reply all too yeah don't send google Please, drive god. Uh, demo links or we transfer links drive. yeah oh god we can we can go into all the all the but yeah no i think this shit's so fun like i have i have so much fun with music i'm still so far from being able to like sustain myself solely off of music but like i'm so proud of everything that i'm a part of and all the projects i'm associated with and then furthermore like all of my peers um oh, this is becoming like a total soapbox too but also like find mentors and like your mentors they don't have to be like some big shot manager or anything like that like it can even just be people around you but i think like a lot of people in music are going through the same things um and have really unique experiences and i think like something that's been really helpful to me is that i've been able to surround myself whether it be luck or chance or just being opportunistic like i have a really strong supporting cast around me that i lean on heavily like there is not a day that goes by where i'm probably not asking somebody how do you do this how would you go about this what do you think about that um and just like not being afraid to put yourself out there and like kind of building a community around yourself are in the position to like pay that forward um and try to help people around you because that's what it's all about like a rising tide and I will give credit to Harrison from Deadbeats. He said this to me, and it always stuck with me. A rising tide lifts all ships. It is not a winner-take-all game in music. The better your friends are doing, the better you're doing. The cooler lineups your homies are playing, the cooler shows you're going to. Like, it all, like, a win for somebody else is a win for you. And I think the sooner you can, like, just start rooting for everybody and just rooting for the category itself, the longer you'll last and the happier you'll be and the more things will start going in your favor. I'm gonna cry. We're all on one giant sports team. Not sharing yes. any of the maple syrup. Team yet, EDM. Uh, I was just about to say, <laughs> thank you for bringing back maple syrup. Nice and full circle. Full circle. All right, Joey. Well, this has just been a pleasure, a true pleasure. Maybe too much, but I appreciate it so much that you came on here and told us more about, you know, how how the magic happens. And so that, for that, I thank you. Of course. I appreciate you guys reaching out. And I absolutely love everybody that I've met through Electric Hawk. I like to think of Electric Hawk as like the Google or the Facebook of the music industry in terms of like you work for Google or Facebook and you can get a job anywhere within tech. Like I think anybody that's associated with Electric Hawk, like that's one of the best cosigns you can have right now. Well, thanks, Joey. I really appreciate those uh, nice words about Electric Hawk, you know, we we feel the same way about Own Drum uh, Management. This uh, company out of Maryland, they just uh, they just started. If you've heard of them, yeah, they're decent. 
don't know. Like anyone, any artist that's associated with them, I'm just like, no, yeah, just give them main stage at Coachella. 100%. Add another zero to the end of the offer. Exactly. Maybe two. Yeah. Money's free. You just print it. It's not real. Just print more. All right, Sean, well, you got anything else? Um, I prefer cryptocurrency, but nope, that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, this has just been a great informational episode of Electric Talk. Uh, as always, my name's Tony. We have our great friend Joey Myers that joined us today. Make sure you clap for him in your car. Clap. I don't hear you clapping. Clap, clap, clap. clap, clap. Follow my artists, stream their music, tell your friends that they're sick, and buy tickets to their shows. Thank you.